Thank you for joining the Georgia Chamber podcast. For 105 years, we have been the leading voice of business in the state of Georgia. Through these podcasts, we want to help you better understand the issues facing our state and how your business can grow and prosper. Thanks for joining us. To learn more, go to www.gachamber.com. Thank you for taking the time to be with us today for uh, one of our two weekly calls here at the Georgia Chamber. There's over almost 800 people on the uh, video conference with us today. Uh, this event is a, is a co-partnership today with Steve Dolinger and the Georgia Partnership for Excellence in Education and Santiago Marquez with the Georgia Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. All three of our organizations are happy to host uh, not just Superintendent Richard Woods today, but also his Chief of Staff, Matt, Matt Jones. Matt, thank you for being with us. And, I know the superintendent will be joining us in a moment. Uh, before we get started, I do want to, uh, I'm happy to tell you that on Thursday at 11 o'clock, we will be hosting another call, this time with Governor Kemp. And so go ahead and put that on your calendars for Thursday at 11 o'clock. Those invitations should be going out later today. Uh, and also wanted to remind you that in the last uh, 24 hours, the Georgia Chambers posted two new packets of information on our COVID-19 Website one is kind of a full overview of the shelter in place order and how businesses are to uh, comply with that order and also how to understand if you're an essential or critical business. And then also today we're releasing an overview of uh, the small business programs that are out there and a packet that contains all the information you need for the pay, uh, Paycheck Protection Act as well as uh, the uh, SBA loan that are available to you. So with that. Um, we still, have, we still have more people coming in. I think we're almost up yet. We're over 800 now. So thank you guys for checking in. Uh, here's how we're going to go today. We have Superintendent Richard Woods joining us in a moment. We have his Chief of Staff, Matt Jones. We're going to let Matt give a little overview about what's happening with education in Georgia. And then Steve, I, and Santiago will all ask questions that come from our membership since we put it out to you guys uh, last week. And so we'll move through a series of those questions and try to wrap us up today by about 2.30 or just a little bit after. So Matt, while we wait on the superintendent, um, give us a little update on where we are today with education in Georgia after the governor's order last week about uh, kids not coming back to school this year. Yeah, sure. Uh, first off, just thank the three of you for hosting this, the three organizations and your focus on K-12 during this time. Um, we have a website that we're dedicated to any K-12 related resources with COVID-19. It's gadoe.org slash coronavirus, and we're keeping that regularly updated with resources and tools and information for the public. So we stress people to continue to check back there for the most up-to-date information. Um, the governor's um, decision to close schools for the, the rest of the school year was a smart decision both from the public health point of view, but also the educational point of view. Um, I think it provided a lot of stabilities to school leaders as they're doing their planning. Um, so I know they've appreciated that. Um, we also recently heard from US Ed that we got approval for our waivers around testing and accountability. Um, we were one of the first states to suspend testing and accountability for this school year so that schools could focus on what was important, which was the well-being of their students and staff. Um, so we're, we're glad to get approval from USAID on that front, and we're also glad to see Congress working with the president to approve stimulus funding, and we're particularly 
I'm excited about K-12 having an emphasis in that funding to the states. That's great. I just see that uh, Superintendent Woods just joined us. Superintendent, thank you for being with us today. Yeah, you're quite welcome. Um, Superintendent, uh, Matt was just given a little bit of an overview. Welcome any comments to you before we jump into questions. Well, again, I appreciate everything that's being done across the state uh, from the Governor Kemp and his leadership. And But more importantly, I think as we go down into the district level, uh, our superintendents and staff members down there are doing a phenomenal job uh, just reaching out and maintaining uh, you know, learning as best we can during uh, some very interesting times. <laughs> well, thank you, sir. Uh, and we, we appreciate you and Matt and your whole department's uh, leadership and servant leadership as we move through this. Uh, here's what we'll do is I'll ask a question and then either you or Matt answer and then Steve will, will go to Steve and then over to Santiago. Uh, our first question comes from, we've actually heard this question from multiple members that are very involved with their local school districts. And it comes to the education relief funding that was in the CARES Act. Um, and I'll just read the question to you. Uh, we've been told that the funding mechanism uh, through the CARES Act is tied to each district's share of Title I funding from the previous year, but then we also know that some districts have uh, adjusted their Title I funding, and, we're, and our members are worried that some schools may be excluded from those federal dollars that might come in. And I know that Secretary DeVos just had a ruling this morning that impacted the process, and curious uh, of where we are and how we're gonna make sure that Georgia schools get the equal share of funding that they need and deserve um, from the CARES Act? Well, I think that, you know, our first priority is making sure the funding gets there as quickly as we possibly can deliver it. Uh, that's one thing we are definitely working uh, with USAID on and just making sure we, we follow the guidelines that are set by them. Uh, as we look at, uh, you know, our schools, uh, you know, we've been in an area of, of flexibility for several years now and using Title I funds with flexibility. Uh, but we have, uh, you know, setting out some guidelines that we do want to make sure that uh, we address uh, you know, various populations, at-risk populations, distance learning, school meals, uh, mental health, uh, supplemental learning, and facilities and equipment. Uh, you know, this uh, definitely is a priority, uh, but, uh, you know, we have 1.8 million students, so this is just one bucket of funding that we have, uh, and so we want to, you know, look at uh, how can we uh, maintain learning for all students, uh, because every student needs to, you know, have a, a level of success that uh, is expected throughout the state. Thank you, Superintendent. Um, Steve? Superintendent Wood, Steve Dollinger here from the Georgia Partnership. No, sir. Uh, we've, heard, we've heard a lot from our rural superintendents that what's keeping them up at night is the instructional gap of their students. Um, they realize that only about half of their kids have internet access and the other half just aren't getting the instruction. Uh, what's DOE doing to help these rural superintendents with that problem? Excuse me. Well, I think that, you know, looking at the 50% number, at, you know, seems a little bit high, so I'm not sure exactly, uh, you know, where that is, but we know there are challenges that are, you know, across the state, uh, but more importantly, the, you know, technology is just a tool. It's a tool for delivery. Uh, right now, we are seeing a, a wide variety of uh, instructional methods being used. Uh, so I think that uh, if it is online, go to meetings, uh, possibly. Uh, there are a lot of packets that are educational packets that are being, you know, shared with, uh, with the students, uh, even as they pick up meals uh, during the day. Uh, you know, our teachers are reaching out to make sure that learning is, 
uh, is taking place uh, throughout the state. Uh, you know, we work with different agencies and nonprofit groups to map out hotspots. So we continue to put that information out. Uh, so, you know, perhaps you could drive to a library or some other location. Uh, again, I think Matt mentioned our website at uh, gadoe.org. Uh, slash coronavirus. So it has a lot of good learning tools and, and uh, supplemental stuff uh, on that area as well. Uh, inter internet con connectivity, uh, you know, uh, I think for rural Georgia, where a place I'm very familiar, uh, continues to be a challenge. Uh, I think during a, a time of crisis, uh, you know, some of your, your shortcomings or issues uh, definitely are, are highlighted. I think that's where we're at. Uh, but hopefully, you know, it uh, allows us to think about the future. I think right now we know where we are. Um, but, uh, you know, definitely, I think, you know, looking at connectivity across the state uh, from not only an educational standpoint, but also an, uh, an economic standpoint uh, would be a great place to, uh, you know, perhaps uh, look at a, a great foundation where we need to start in the future as well. Thank you, sir. Santiago? Superintendent Woods, great to, great to be with you. Thank you for being with us today. Yeah, thank you. Our, our question um, comes from our membership, the Hispanic Chamber, and the question we, the first question we have is, we know this crisis is dispro disproportionately impacting low-income minority and housing and food insecure families and students in terms of parents losing jobs, access to technology and fast internet. Could you share more about your current efforts to support these students and what interventions will be implemented when students return to their physical schools? Well, I think uh, as we look at the issue, again, this is something we've been concerned with, but it's something that, you know, it's not unusual for us within education. We do face challenges with different groups, poverty being perhaps the biggest, uh, you know, barrier to educational success throughout the state. Uh, but looking at how we can fill those digital gaps through, you know, as has been mentioned, uh, with devices, we are working with different partners to put devices in hands. Uh, trying to expand the, the bandwidth and, 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 as I mentioned, trying to look at, you know, where are hotspots so that people can have access. Uh, we are doing some things with the Georgia Foundation of Public Education as well uh, and looking at how we can make sure that we efficiently implement the CARES Act. Uh, as mentioned, I think looking at students that uh, are uh, you know, definitely, you know, of, of great concern just because of some of the barriers that they do face, such as our at-risk students, uh, distance learning, school meals, mental health, uh, supplemental learning facilities. You know, we're going to try to, and we're working on a delivery system that does meet those needs. Uh, you know, working with school systems to say, you know, what, what does an after-school program look like right now? Uh, when we get back into school, uh, you know, we'll pick up right where we left off. Uh, this is something that, uh, as I've shared before, that we are uh, continuing to, to serve our students in the various ways. Uh, right now, we do have a few challenges, but uh, by and large, we're doing some great things. I think we're, you know, uh, sharing with some of our teachers how to instruct digitally. And, of course, this would have a, a broad impact. Uh, you know, across the state and, and allow us to better uh, reach uh, some of the kids that definitely have some challenges. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Superintendent. Um, Steve, I'll let you ask the next question. Go ahead. Well, Superintendent Woods, you were just talking about teachers and the connectivity. Uh, they, teachers have done a great job in pivoting really quickly from a bricks and mortar school to a, a virtual school. Um, what are you hearing from teachers about that connectivity and the challenges and is DOE planning any additional professional development for them to get ready for this new digital environment? 
Well, I you know, think for us as a department, I uh, appreciate Dr. Osborne and Dr. Dooley for the work they've done in, in, in preparing uh, some online uh, classwork, and we've had a, a great attendance with that, uh, sharing uh, with individuals who are professionals within our own virtual school. Uh, these people, of course, deal with uh, digital learning day in and day out, uh, so they we kind of package their expertise uh, to create a class for you know, teachers at large, but also with teachers and with delivery to special needs students. And so we look at a wide variety of challenges that are there, but, uh, you know, we're doing some things to make instructional learning, uh, you know, as, uh, as pleasant and perhaps as efficient as we can, meeting some needs, um, you know, but, uh, you know, for our teachers, and especially a lot of our younger teachers, technology, I think they were probably just born with it. And so that has kind of helped out in that delivery. Uh, definitely our students, uh, if anyone, perhaps they are the greatest teachers we have. And, and, and as they, you know, help us uh, navigate some of this and have been a great resource uh, uh, for us at the state to say, hey, how can we actually communicate and talk with you uh, in a way and a language which uh, uh, these kids have grown up with. So uh, we're looking at content, we're looking at doing some things, you know, virtually. Uh, we've had some, some great partnerships with uh, Georgia Public Broadcasting as well. Uh, and again, with the, the, the website I mentioned, there's a lot of great resources uh, for teachers as well to pull down from uh, to support what's going on uh, day in and day out in the field. And I'll, Steve, I'll just add to the, what the superintendent said really quick is the Georgia Virtual School is actually a part of the Department of Education. And like the superintendent mentioned, they're really experts in this field. So we've really tapped into their talent and resources. And we really rolled out quickly uh, two classes that were available to all teachers. One was shifting to online learning. So it was a class that all teachers could take in the state to really talk about the shift and some tools that are out there. And the second course that we rolled out recently was how to serve students with disabilities online. Those have been phenomenal courses. We've gotten a lot of positive feedback and we've had thousands of teachers participate in those free online courses. Santiago, do you have a question? I do. Uh, Superintendent, what support programs are in place to ensure students on free and reduced lunch have access to food while they are not in school? Well, I think once the crisis really began, uh, you know, I appreciate Dr. Lynette Dobson, you know, who is over our nutrition team uh, at uh, the DOE. Uh, and also I want to, you know, uh, just give a great shout out of praise for uh, U.S. Secretary, Ag Agriculture Secretary Purdue. Uh, they've been phenomenal to work with uh, as we've reached out to them, you know, to look at uh, acquiring waivers that would increase uh, the number of students eligible for meals. So again, we have worked very hard to make sure that that food is in the tables and that uh, you know that we can meet this uh, really a critical need. To be honest, uh, you know, across the state, uh, we've literally served millions. I think you know, day in and day out, uh, you know, public within public education, our nutrition team, we're probably the largest uh, catering uh, entity in the state. Uh, and now perhaps, uh, you know, we are the largest delivery uh, system across the state as well with the meals that are being delivered. So uh, as we look at that, we're preparing and working and partnering with food banks as well, uh, provide pantries. Uh, you know, people of Georgia have been phenomenal as well as just volunteering and supporting uh, what's going on uh, within the nutrition area to help food get out. Um, you know, just one quick story that I you know, recall, I mean, we had a bus driver and uh, I think uh, either a teacher or a support person that was riding 
delivering mail. So, I mean, we're, you know, hitting that uh, you know, across the state using this, but this one individual said, hey, I know where a family is and, you know, that perhaps doesn't know about this. And so they drove down and next thing they know, we find out these individuals hadn't had food for about three days. So uh, we're going above and beyond, uh, you know, uh, I guess any expectation across the state to make sure that our kids are being fed. And, you know, again, just uh, really want to just thank the people that are out there uh, because this has been a team effort from the federal government all the way down to our local districts. Thank you, it's been incredible. Uh, Superintendent, uh, questions from some of our members that are parents since they're kind of wearing both hats here, you know, at the same time, like me with my, my uh, eighth grader. We saw this week that the Carroll County, Chattahoochee County, and some other counties now are talking about ending school earlier than the end of May, actually ending the first week of May now. And I know this, that your board allowed them that ability and authority. What are you hearing from school districts around the state? Do you think that's a trend that we're going to see more and more of these schools, uh, school systems close early this year? Or any suggestions? Or, or also, what are you recommending to the superintendents out there? Well, I, I think there again, each school system knows, uh, you know, their district, you know, better than anyone. Uh, and so I trust, you know, their thoughts and, and what they're working on. Some in some areas I'm hurting it. Yes, we may, you know, end the school year early, but also start the next school year even earlier as well. Mm -hmm. So I, I think everyone's trying to balance it out. Look at this. I mean, this has really been kind of a moving target. Uh, as you know, we started off well. It was just two weeks and then we added another couple of weeks. And the next thing you know, here we are. Uh, looking at uh, at May and you know no brick and mortar schools, so uh, you know we're trying to look at some things to make sure a that our school that our children and staff members are safe. I think that's first and foremost on anything we do, um, and so that will continue to be one of our primary missions. Uh, we definitely have our website, which again offers a lot of support to parents. Uh, uh, you know, I, I've, I've been quite uh, amused at some of the uh, the posts that our parents have, have put. Uh, you know, on the internet, on, on some things with that, uh, as, uh, as they become homeschool uh, teachers as well. But, uh, you know, I think for us, it's just, you know, for if I had a word of advice, it's just using common sense. Uh, you know, right now, if we look at where we were uh, within our, you know, the school year, uh, we were getting ready for spring break. And then that would have been followed by the testing cycle. So a lot of what uh, you really have been uh, learned uh, was really on the front side. So I you know, feel very good about that. Uh, I think trying to make those adjustments uh, of how do we, you know, uh, make sure we don't lose uh, an extended, you know, summer slide, I guess. Uh, so I think that some of the things I'm hearing across the state uh, has been very encouraging. I think for us is making sure right now that uh, our dual enrollment students uh, are continuing to get credit there as well. That's been, you know, a unique challenge, but I uh, appreciate US Ed and, or not US Ed, but USG, our university system and uh, the, uh, the technical college for being great partners there. Uh, but also looking at what graduation looks like, because, you know, we know that, uh, you know, for us, education is just not K-12. Uh, we do have a group that uh, our seniors that will be moving on. So uh, it's been a, you know, a great partnership. We're looking at some, some various alternatives and um you know and i think that as whatever our districts decide i mean we're we're here to support them and we want to make sure that we have the resources i think trying to get this money in the hands as as, uh, as we quickly can uh and focusing on true educational needs will will continue to be a, a primary focus for us great i have a couple of questions left but i want to give steve and santiago both an opportunity to ask a, a last question and any comments that they have so steve i'll go to you first and then santiago all right, thank you, Chris. 
uh, we certainly applaud the efforts that our teachers and administrators have made, uh, both in the response, a quick response, and their relief efforts. But we're hearing from school leaders that while they realize that they're still in the eye of the storm, so to speak, they're wanting to look ahead at recovery. What's going to be next? So, Superintendent Woods, could you tell us, uh, in addition to the information I saw the DOE put out today, which answered some questions, how can we help school leaders start thinking about this next school year and be prepared for that? Well, I, I think right now the, the biggest thing that has been, uh, I guess, reassuring is that we know what this school year looks like, our current school year. Uh, and so it allows us to think about, you know, where we need to move from here. I think, as I mentioned, some schools are looking at perhaps starting a little bit early to, to get a refreshing and, and then begin the actual school year. So that may be an option, uh, you know, throughout the state. Um, you know, our initial focus, you know, right now was that, hey, we cleared all the regs. We were cleared all the testing uh, so that we could actually focus on teaching. So that's been, you know, a, a very big positive for us. Uh, as we think about the future, I think uh, you're looking right now of, of, of sitting back and actually was talking with some staff, you know, what is actually working? Uh, you know, we obviously have seen some issues and, and concerns. Uh, we've seen a lot of innovation and improvement. So, you know, how do we put that in, into practice? I think that what we're doing now uh, should actually just be a continuation of the education process. Uh, we don't know what the future holds. Uh, and right now we can just speak until the end of May. Now things may, you know, pop up, things may change. And, and of course we know uh, this has been kind of a, a moving target as we do move forward. Um, but I think that as we look at forward, you know, we're doing some things, you know, looking at uh, uh, how we test individuals, uh, giving our, our, our teachers a new tool that will be more of a formative assessment in which it will be kind of tiered. So, you know, they'll be able to look and, and measure where their kids actually are and start that learning process. So I think that will help, help us catch kids up, but also help uh, kids that are on the front end to continue to move forward. Uh, you know, my commitment is that, you know, we're going to be there for our districts, uh, you know, as we look at this planning, making sure that they have the, the money and the funding, that'll be something, you know, it will continue to be uh, an issue. And again, as we look at, you know, we still have to you know, look at the budget uh, and what that will look like as well. So uh, as, you know, facts unroll, uh, you know, we'll be able to make those adjustments. But, uh, you know, so far, I've been very pleased at, at just how nimble uh, public education has been that uh, really reaching and providing for our kids. So, you know, we'll you know take it a day at a time, but think about the future. We know that our expectations that probably uh, school will start on time and, uh, you know, our kids will be there. Uh, our teachers will be there. It'll probably be one of the happiest days uh, for parents and uh, students and teachers and everyone involved. So we're, we're looking forward to that. But uh, uh, I'm excited about where we are and uh, and I feel sure that, uh, you know, if there are any special needs that we need to address, we will. We'll continue to work with our partners with uh, USAID uh, uh, to make sure that uh, we're, we're in line and doing what we need to do to make sure that every child has a great education and, and really just uh, they'll have a, an opportunity to success in life. Thank you, sir. Hey, Santiago. Yes, sir. Superintendent. Um, and for the record, I used to work at Boys and Girls Clubs of America, spent five years there. So uh, after school programs are, are a big part of my life, were a big part of my life. And so a huge re there are a huge resource to students in terms of getting help with homework, snacks, a safe place to play, grow, develop. How is Georgia DOE leveraging existing partnerships to support students in terms of specific services 
How do you see this potentially evolving over the summer months? Well, I think right now, taking advantage of the new partnerships that we have developed, uh, we are finding out that uh, we as Georgia, when we come together, uh, you know, wow, what can we accomplish? And we're seeing a lot of great things, whether it's, uh, you know, the, the, the extension of our meals program, uh, looking at how we deliver you know, content. I've appreciated, you know, business partners uh, leveraging that, uh, you know, looking at foundations as well and you know, groups such as boys and girls clubs, uh, you know, I, you know, how can we, you know, come together? I think having a more comprehensive approach to education is extremely important. Working with agencies, we're doing uh, you know, a much more efficient job with that, as I've mentioned, with the University System of Georgia and uh, the Technical uh, College System of Georgia has been uh, you know, a great uh, leveraging uh, for us as well. Uh, reaching out to other uh, agencies, I think the task force that the governor has, has uh, created has allowed us to, to reach out to perhaps the individuals that knew of education, but we just didn't really have a relationship. And, and so I think taking advantage of this time of the relationship building that's going on, looking at funding, looking at how we can you know, leverage the resources and the foundation uh, for Georgia public education and such as the partnership as well, um, that we are you know, extending those collaborative processes. And I think as we do that, we're gonna talk, we're gonna learn, we're gonna listen. Uh, and uh, everyone, one thing I found out, everyone has come to the plate when it comes to Georgia's children. And that's been very exciting. Thank you, Superintendent. Um, Richard, I'm, I'm curious, uh, you know, you, you cover a lot of, of room here. I mean, we talked everything from the, the feeding the students to the educating the students, the care for them after school, during school, their mental health, so many different issues out there. Right now in the midst of this pandemic and the economic recession that we're moving into, what, what keeps you up at night? What worries you the most as you kind of think about going forward? Well, I, you know, I think that, you know, for myself, uh, you know, I was a senior and, and I actually moved into Fitzgerald, which I know you're very familiar with. Right. Uh, you know, I, wanted, I mean, I was uh, expecting to graduate from Darty High School. That's where I had spent a large portion and, and moved my senior year. So, you know, I have a you know, heart for seniors. Uh, I was a high school teacher and I think, you know, trying to, you know, meet their needs and, you know, because I know there's a lot of disappointment out there. Um, you know, they, they want a graduation, they want a prom, they want to, you know, spend time, you know, with their kids uh, or with their, you know, fellow peers and stuff. But, uh, you know, for me, it's just making sure that, that A, that our, our needs are being met. I think we're trying to do some things, whether, you know, it's mental health and doing some wonderful things. I appreciate Dr. Gary McGivney and that effort, uh, you know, because this is kind of a, a, a big trauma for a lot of kids. Uh, their world literally has been, you know, turned upside down. So how do we, how do we meet that need so that they are prepared, you know, to learn, uh, you know, meeting the needs of, you know, having our kids having food, you know, day in and day out is an issue. Uh, but also, you know, our big primary concern is, you know, what does learning look like? Uh, you know, we want to make sure that, that when our kids graduate, uh, that, you know, they have the opportunity to, to enroll, to go to, you know, higher ed and continue on with that education that will lead them to a great job or to enlist, uh, you know, to join the military or go straight into the workforce uh, to become an employer or an employee. So, uh, you know, those are things that, you know, just trying to make sure that, that we at the department are meeting the needs that we are serving and supporting our local districts. Uh, because that's where the learning takes place. And I think that if we're doing that job, then, you know, I feel we're in a good, good spot. Uh, you know, I think as we look, we you know, continue to say, hey, you know, where can we improve? And we always want to improve. Um, and, and I think, you know, this has given us an opportunity to really see what is really important in education. 
but for me, it's always been about kids. Uh, you know, that's, you know, that's what keeps me up day in and day out. Uh, and making sure that our teachers, um, you know, because I know as a teacher, you know, that relationship is very special. Uh, you know, our kids, I think, you know, they, they remember their teachers, not a test. And, and that's because we are in the people business. And we, and I guess if, if I had to say that's what keeps me up at night, is just making sure that the needs of our kids, you know, and our teachers are, are met because, uh, you know, they want to be in school. This is not a fun time for them. Right. You covered a lot of area. One last question. Uh, someone just texted me. Speaking of those graduating seniors, have we had discussions yet with the Georgia Student Finance Commission about how you're going to calculate GPA in regards to the Hope Scholarship for next year? Yeah, well, I think that that's, uh, you know, something we've looked at, uh, you know, as we move forward. Uh, right now, I mean, there has to be a numeric grade for our high school uh, seniors and our those in high school taking the class. So uh, we are looking at that. I think, you know, we're trying to rely on our, our, our districts to say, what does that look like? Uh, because, you know, simply said, I mean, we're looking at valedictorians or looking at salutatorians. You know, those are groups that where you have uh, additional financing and support that comes with those. Uh, do appreciate uh, we've had some great discussions with uh, Chancellor Wrigley and, and also uh, Commissioner Dozer. With, with the USG and, T, and uh, TSG, I think, because, you know, what are you going to accept? I mean, they've actually uh, waived some of the SAT, A, ACT, so we're, we're trying to make that that uh, as, as easy as possible. But uh, we continue to have those dialogues with uh, uh, Georgia Student Finance, and, uh, you know, we're trying to streamline that process to make sure that every kid has access to the Hope Scholarship, Zell Miller Scholarship, and uh, working, you know, kind of the nuances that are there. But, uh, you know, fortunately, a little common sense. And, and what I found out, we've been able to streamline a lot of processes. So I'm, I'm very encouraged right now. I bet. Well, Superintendent, th thank you and thank Matt for all that you guys are doing. I think you know well that the GPE, Hispanic Chamber, the Georgia Chamber, quite frankly, every chamber in Georgia, we care. And, and workforce development talent is a priority for us. Always has been. And so we stand ready to help you and your team year and as we move into next year we appreciate that uh, for those of uh, our members on the call i want to thank our onshore outsourcing which is our sponsor for today's call i also want to remind you that governor kemp will be joining us on thursday at 11 o'clock and you should be getting that information out of them as things continue to happen superintendent with you and your team let us know so we can share that information out with our members and we're here for you to call on 24 7 with anything that we can do in our membership to help the kids of Georgia and our teachers as well. So thank you all for being with us today. And I hope that you'll join us on Thursday with Governor Kent and continue to follow us on our social media channels. So thank all y'all very much. Thank thanks, you. Guys. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for the shout thank out. You, thanks for the purple. Thanks for the purple.